This is Healthy Rounds with Dr. Anthony Alessi. Sponsored by St. Francis Hospital and Medical Center, Ratchford Eye Center, MD Advantage, UConn Health Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, and the Connecticut State Medical Society. Healthy Rounds provides general information regarding medical conditions and diseases. The information is not intended to create a doctor-patient relationship. You are encouraged to consult your own medical provider for advice that applies to your own medical care. And now, Dr. Anthony Alessi on WTIC News Talk 1080 and WTIC.com. Welcome to Healthy Rounds, a show that provides you with up-to-date medical information and answers all of your health questions. I'm your host, Dr. Anthony Alessi, and today um, this is a new show, but it is being taped, so we are not taking any callers. Um, If you would like to get questions to me about anything I talk about on today's show, you can do so by getting in touch with me directly at info at alessimd.com. Also, we like to remind everyone to get the podcast. If you subscribe to the podcast, it's free. You could do that on Apple iTunes, and it is Healthy Rounds, and you'll have uh, plenty of information that we talked about that you may have missed or want to hear once again. On today's show, uh, my guests are going to be uh, Dr. Kevin Felice. Dr. Kevin Felice has been uh, a pleasure to work with. He's been on the show many times before. Um, as well as Lynn Ritchie, who is the president and CEO of the Hospital for Special Care, and Brian Savo, who is a patient at the Hospital for Special Care. I had the opportunity to meet up with everybody at the Travelers Tournament. One of the things I think we ignore about the Travelers Tournament is the fact that it does so much to help us raise money for various charities. Last week on the program, we talked a little bit about Healing Meals, and how they were able to participate in the Birdies for Charity program, where whatever was raised uh, up until June 23rd uh, would be uh, matched by 15% of what was donated by Birdies for Charity. The Hospital for Special Care has a wonderful setup on the 18th hole provided entirely by travelers, um, with a handicapped accessible area with a deck that goes out so everyone can enjoy it. So I got to go there, <clears throat> meet up with uh, several patients, but uh, more importantly got to sit down with Dr. Felice, who, as I said, has been on the show before when we can get him into the studio, but he has such a busy schedule um, that uh, it, it just worked out much better to be able to get him there. And I also wanted to talk to Lynn Ritchie um, as the president and CEO of the Hospital for Special Care. We wanted to chat about many of the things that they do, not only for patients with neurologic problems like muscular dystrophy, um, ALS, but also their program in movement disorders and now working with uh, people with autism. So um, you'll get to hear that in the second half of our program. Um, To bring everybody up to date, uh, there had been so much going on um, in the world with respect to health. Um, A lot of it has to do with our health care system. I think that everybody can agree that we need to revise what we're doing. Whatever we're doing with the current system isn't working. Now, there are people who are saying, scrap the whole system. And just turn it over to Medicare. And as you know, if you're a regular listener to to this program, 
That's probably not a good idea because Medicare really isn't working as an effective way for everybody to get care. And I think that's where the problem comes in, is that there is no specific way to get everybody included. A lot of what we do is regional. So we're going to talk about that uh, in detail a little bit um, later on uh, in the program. So some of the things, first of all, this day in medicine, June 29th, 1860, was the day Dr. Thomas Addison died. Dr. Addison was an English physician who described adrenal insufficiency and pernicious anemia. And if you're a regular listener to the program, we had on our guest, on our show, uh, Dr. Carl Malkoff two weeks ago. If you missed the show, I urge you to get the podcast. He is an endocrinologist at the University of Connecticut and does a phenomenal job as really an MD, PhD. We talked about thyroid disease, but you can't really talk about one disease. When you talk about endocrinology and Addison's disease, which is adrenal insufficiency, those are the glands above the kidneys, and we see this uh, often, and it's one of those mysterious things that people don't think about right away. It was uh, fa- one of the most famous people who suffered from Addison's disease was John F. Kennedy. And uh, he required supplements of cortisol, which is the hormone that's secreted in the adrenal glands. So with that, you'll see a lot of different symptoms, especially fatigue, uh, skin coloration changes. They call it bronzonian Addison's. Um, because they develop a bronze complexion. So with that, we uh, remember Dr. Thomas Addison, who died this day in 1860. Uh, On this day, and I usually do one thing, but there are several things, I think, that that come up. Um, In this one, in 1861, uh, William J. Mayo, founder of the Mayo Clinic, was born. And the Mayo Clinic really presented a new way of approaching health care at that time. At around the turn of the century, they really took the lead. The Mayo brothers moved to Rochester, Minnesota, and I think they're actually from there. Their father was actually a practitioner there, and they started the Mayo Clinic that has become really one of the world-renowned clinics. Also, this day in 1888, the first appendectomy was performed in England by Dr. Frederick Treves. Dr. Treves uh, performed that. And, and it's interesting because of how that procedure has evolved. Uh, previously, you know, you'd be out for three weeks. You have a, a long incision. Uh, now it's done with a scope. I don't even know if they keep you overnight anymore um, after an appendectomy. So um, very interesting to see how that procedure Um, has evolved. So we're going to take a short break, and then I'm going to be back. We're going to talk about, we we got an email from um, a listener that I want to talk a little bit about how to revise this healthcare system we are dealing with in the United States. You're listening to Healthy Rounds on WTIC News Talk 1080. We're back on Healthy Rounds. I'm your host, Dr. Anthony Alessi. 
And as I mentioned on today's program, it is uh, taped. It's all new information, but we taped it in advance since I'll be on the road. And uh, so we're not taking calls. But as always, I'm available to you um, with questions at info at alessimd.com. Um, this is an interesting email I got from a listener named Don who got in touch with me because he enjoyed our conversations about and discussions about the healthcare system. And he had an idea um, that maybe we should have the HMOs that work in Norway, Sweden, and Denmark set up an HMO in the United States and try to compare how they could produce some savings in the United States as they do in their home country. And uh, with that, he would like to see that the doctors and staff be paid exactly the same as they are in in those Scandinavian countries. So I'd like to see people thinking of the problem. And I think that's this is this is what we want. Again, this is not hate mail like those Dems did this or it's, it's a Republican's fault. This is an American problem, an American solution, and we're trying to think of solutions. One of the problems with what Don has proposed is that when you look at Norway, Sweden, and Denmark in particular, health care in those countries is not just an HMO paying claims. It is an educational system. It starts when children are very young, and when they are in elementary school, they are, learned, they are taught a lot about health. Something as simple as recess, right, getting out and actively playing, phys ed classes. These are things where they taught about their own health and diet. You know, medicine is not rocket science. I mean, so much of it really just comes down to diet and exercise. So in these countries, their gen- the health of the general population is very high because it starts so young. One of the other things you have to think about also is that these are socialized systems. So if we take Norway, for example, in the Norwegian system, students go to medical school and they pay only a small tax to go to medical school. In those countries, you do not see high medical malpractice suits either in number or in settlements. So again, they've been able to really focus their system on delivering health care. And that's been a big deal for them. The problem also is with government owning hospitals. So what they do there is the government provides money to those hospitals, but they are managed regionally based on the health care that's necessary for those regions. So in our case, it might be that, okay, here's this pile of money from the federal government for Connecticut to manage its hospitals and health care, or even the Northeast, because the needs of people living in the Northeast are very different from the Southeast, the Southwest, because we have different trends in diseases that we see. We've talked about it on this program. Obesity is very high in the Southeast. It's not as high in the Northwest. So again, you really want to practice medicine regionally. So uh, I appreciate Don looking at this, and I think he has some good points, but we need to bear in mind that there's more to health care than just paying the claims. With that, I think 
we also have to understand there was an article recently published in the Green Journal Neurology, and it looked at hospital admission and readmission among homeless patients with neurologic disease. And what's interesting is that when you look at homelessness as an independent risk factor for poor health outcomes, we see that these patients are readmitted more frequently to the hospital. Anybody who's been in a hospital recently knows it's an expensive ordeal. So the readmission rate is a huge expense. So if we're going to manage health care in this country, we better manage the homelessness rate. So there are so many other factors that play into this. The other thing we need to manage is basic medications and how they are available. When we look at this, for example, now Americans are heading to Canada to buy less expensive insulin. My goodness, is that really, uh, is that really happening? Because in this country, we're the greatest country in the world. And with that, we have to have patients go to Canada to do this, to buy less expensive insulin. So we need to address all of these needs in a healthcare system. So it's not just one focused idea. The other thing we need to look at is obviously we talked about this in Scandinavian countries managing the obesity problem. Diet and exercise. Clearly having good diet and regular exercise are going to speak to all our healthcare needs that we're faced with now. So with that, I think that as we go through the healthcare system, it's not a simple solution as many of the political candidates for 2020 will have you believe. And again, I'm saying this across the board. The current president of the United States has a secret system, a secret solution to the problem um, that he has promised to let us know what his solution is. Um, if we listen to others, um, theirs is a quick solution. Let's just go to manage Medicare for everyone. I can tell you as someone, and I think anyone who works in the system, there's not a simple solution. But we need to all work together as Americans to fix this. Because otherwise it's going to continue to spiral out of control. Next up, we're going to be chatting with Lynn Ritchie, who is the president and CEO of the Hospital for Special Care. And right after that, we're going to be chatting with my good friend, Dr. Kevin Felice, who is a neurologist specializing in neuromuscular disease at the Hospital for Special Care. I'm also going to be talking with Brian Savo. Brian was on the show several years ago. Um, he does have motor neuron disease and talks about his experience at the Hospital for Special Care and how he faced this devastating illness. You're listening to Healthy Rounds on WTIC News Talk 1080. We're back on Healthy Rounds, and I'm your host, Dr. Anthony Alessi, and today I'm at the Travelers Golf Tournament in the ALS Center of Excellence. Uh, booth and with the folks from the Hospital for Special Care. As many of our listeners know, the Hospital for Special Care has really led the way in working with ALS, ALS support, and research here in the state of Connecticut. And I have the pleasure of being with Lynn Rickey, who is the president and CEO of the Hospital for Special Care, and a return guest, 
than Brian Sabo. Brian has been on our show before, and uh, he is uh, Ambassador Extraordinaire. I think I like that title best for you, Brian, um, more than anything. Lynn, I'm going to start with you. Sure. How did we get here? I mean, how did you develop this program? I mean, it's a phenomenal program. You have uh, the physical plant for it. Um, how did this all come about? How did it evolve? I think it evolved like most great things do with some really passionate uh, clinicians, actually. Yeah, Dr. Felice and Dr. Whitaker approached the then president of the hospital, John Vado, uh, about bringing their program over from UConn. And um, they were really happy about what they saw at the hospital, uh, our focus on, on population health and it lo really looking at very unique disease processes, as well as our focus on research. And so it was born uh, 10 years ago uh, at the hospital now. Wow, it's 10 years already. Yes, now you is. were there as part of it. You were not the CEO at the time. I but... was not, right? I was the chief operating officer. And um, it started very small um, with just the two clinicians. And Brian can tell you, uh, they are so well respected. They have been able to assemble a fantastic team. Uh, they have the support of the hospital and the um, healthcare community around them to really make this thing grow. Brian, I'm going to switch over to you. So what has it meant to you having a program like this locally here in Connecticut? And thank you for having me, Dr. Lessig. I actually should, I should repeat and let them know that you're not only the ambassador, but a customer, a patient. I am. I am. I'm very happy to speak about them because uh, they're my family. Um, since day one, 2009, when I was the program, has been put together. So I saw it when it first started. And to watch it grow to where it is today, they grabbed that bull by the horns and they led the way. And we continue to lead the way. We have patient care and research in our backyard, and that's what we need. Traveling for an ALS patient is very difficult. Just getting out, never mind getting to a clinic. So to have a fully ALS certified clinic, with three neurologists, you know, pulmonologist, OT, um, you have it all. And I can't tell you how special that is to have it in our backyard for the patients. We're very lucky. Special place. Brian, I'm gonna go right to it. If if you were talking to a patient, and I know you do, talk to a patient who's newly diagnosed with ALS, um, what's the key message they can get from you? from someone who's now diagnosed with motor neuron disease. I can tell you this, in the beginning it's gonna be very difficult. It's gonna be an emotional roller coaster, but you need to breathe, step back, take it in stride, but digest it as soon as you can. Do not let the disease eat you up. And it will be an emotional roller coaster all the way through. Everybody has bad days, healthy people as well as ALS patients. Just don't allow yourself to be absorbed by the disease and have the disease put you in bed. I'm gonna use a phrase from a good friend of mine, Jay Fishman. Stay in bed, stay engaged, or stay in bed. And I'm not staying in bed. I'm gonna stay engaged. And I expect every person that I talk to, I try to give them that inspiration. If I can inspire one person to tell their story, that's gonna help make the, dish, the, the needle move and help a cure for this disease. That's the only way. It's to grab the community and let the community know what's happening out there and help them to pull together. Now, here's an interesting point, and I guess you reflect that. I mean, as a physician, as someone who practices neuromuscular disease, uh, one of the things I've always noticed is in 
almost all my patients with ALS, there's, there's an attitude that develops. How does that attitude get fought? That, that fight attitude, that let's put it aside attitude. What was that like for you? Because I see that all the time in my patients um, after the initial shock. How, how does that happen? For me, it was surround yourself with good people, family, friends, the people that care about you. Don't be afraid to ask and have the hospital for special care, another place, a place that's very special to you that can give you the ability to live with disease. There's no cure, but there's a lot of tools now that are out there that that's what the clinic does. It helps provide these tools to make it so it's comfortable your life. And it's not so difficult. I'm in a power chair, my life's not over. You know, I'm able to get around, I have a van. Um, God forbid my breathing, I have trouble. There's invasive ventilators. There's stuff that Heck, we never had. you got the had. best seat at the, at the Travelers, okay? <laughs> I just want to, I mean, you have clearly the best view of the whole tournament. Not bad. Hey, we've been embraced by Travelers. They show us a lot of love, <laughs> I, I, I tell you. Um, between Jay Fishman and now Alan, the new CEO, they truly have shown us so much love. I, I can't thank them enough. Uh, every time we see them, we thank them. That's great. Like you said, 18th hole overlooking this you can't get much better <laughs> Lynn I want to get back to you um, hospital for special care what's next I mean what you you've really expanded uh, dramatically not just with ALS I know you have MDA um, but uh, you branched out several years ago into movement disorders um, and uh, so uh, Dr. Simmons is there I believe Correct. still right Correct, Adam. so what's next so, uh, as you mentioned, our, our Parkinson's Center, we are actually going for Center of Excellence there and looking to make that a patient center and specialty practice as well. The, the way we deliver care really differentiates us, not only the caregivers, which are obviously key, but we're so fortunate to have a physical plant that really avails itself to patients who have mobility challenges. Uh, we also have, have always looked not to replicate services, but to fill a gap in services. And with the development of our autism program, almost 10 years ago now, we, on an outpatient basis, we begin uh, providing inpatient services, which is only, there are only 10 centers across the country. And what's next for us is to build a building. We're in the midst of a capital campaign right now. Um, we were very fortunate to receive $10 million from the state of Connecticut through the bonding process last year. We've raised $2 million and we're on our last million. Um, shovel grows in the ground in September um, so that we can build that building within the next year. I'm so happy to just hear that the state of Connecticut has finally figured out something to do that's right with the money. Now, I mean, a lot of people on this station are always critical of it, and, and I can tell you right now that um, just knowing that the state of Connecticut is investing in such a good project as the hospital for special care that gives us the taxpayers back something in the end is dramatic. Well, I want to thank you both, not just for thank your you, time Dr. here, but thanks for everything you do uh, for patients um, here in Connecticut. Thank you both. Thank you. I'm with Dr. Kevin Felice, uh, a frequent guest on our program. And as you know, Dr. Felice is really the foremost expert in ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, in our area. He works at the Hospital for Special Care, where he directs the ALS Center of Excellence 
uh, there. Kevin, welcome back to the show. Oh, Tony, thank you for having me again. Appreciate it. Uh, I should preface this by saying we are at the 18th fairway at the Travelers Championship where uh, I have to tell you, Kevin, this is just a wonderful, uh, I don't even know what to say, this whole setup you have here for the ALS Center for Excellence um, that patients can enjoy, have access to, uh, is, is just super. Um, but let's, let's get to it. What's going on now at the ALS Center for Excellence? What's, what's been the plan there, and how are things going? Well, we're doing well, Tony, and just to say, this is our fourth year at Travel Travelers has invited us four years in a row, and we're really excited. Most of the patients with ALS and other neuromuscular diseases get to come out here. We have it for all five days, and it's just a wonderful event for patients. Uh, we're so appreciative to Travelers and to the late Jay Fishman for all he did for us. Uh, we are the largest center in New England. We take care of about 275 patients a year in a multidisciplinary team approach to ALS care and run several clinical trials at any one time to try to work with other centers in, in, uh, in, in curing the disease or, if, if anything else, trying to slow its progression. So it's, it's all been good, Tony, and uh, very nice to see all our patients here. And you, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, but let's talk a little bit. One of the most frequent questions we always get uh, from patients and from listeners is, what progress have we made? How are we doing with finding out more about uh, ALS and its treatment? Well, several major steps have happened. Several major uh, research steps have been made this year. Uh, this past few years, Tony, uh, one, uh, we have discovered more causes for ALS. We've discovered more genetic causes for ALS. Uh, currently, scientists are working on a adenovirus vector for the SOD1 mutation, and we should see clinical trials starting in the near future uh, trying to insert the missing SOD1 gene. For 20% of the hereditary ALS patients, it's really exciting. Um, uh, there are major trials going on right now using stem cells, trying to restore neuronal function in patients who have lost their motor neurons, and major trials right now looking at different compounds that either work at the nerve or muscle level for slowing the progression of the disease. So uh, we're in a good place right now. We need to do a lot more. We realize that. Uh, we need to find a cure for the disease, and uh, I think some major steps have been made in the last few years. Um, you talked about the adenovirus vector, and I think it's something that's somewhat misunderstood um, because people always think we're going to get the virus or what's it got to do with immunity. Can you talk a little bit about this? Because this is one of the most exciting things in all of medicine. It is, and the FDA approved a new adenovirus vector therapy for a motor neuron disease called spinal muscular atrophy about three, four weeks ago. It, this was a game changer, Tony. The gene missing in these children is the SMN gene. They actually insert it in viral DNA. Viruses are then allowed to invade the body through, through intravenous uh, uh, therapy. And this is an attenuated virus that will not harm the patient, but the virus will then insert this uh, missing DNA inside the patient's muscle cells. 
nerve cells and allow for uh, replacement, so to speak, of a missing gene. Now, interestingly, babies who have are missing this SMN gene in the past would die in a year or so, and now they're living, they're gaining ma motor milestones. You're going to see more and more of this very high-tech uh, genetic therapies for not only the neuromuscular disorders, for also the inherited forms of, of Lou Gehrig's disease, or ALS. Uh, are those the children we used to call Wernick Hoffman? Yes. So, so finally, um, game changing, game changing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, you're involved in a lot of clinical trials. Can you talk a little bit about what clinical trials you currently have Cur ongoing for Cur our patients? Currently, we're using two compounds that work at the muscle level. They're troponin activators, and what they do, Tony, is they get inside the muscle cell and allow for the muscle to contract uh, better uh, and stronger. And uh, it, it is a more of a symptomatic treatment, but uh, we're experimenting on whether these, uh, these types of therapies will improve uh, breathing function and uh, mobility in patients with ALS. So that's currently what we're doing with motor neuron disease. We do work with the Northeast ALS Consortium, which is a large group of academic centers in the United States that are looking at all clinical trials and working at ALS at all levels, not just stem cells, not just adenoviruses, but also at the muscle level as well. Um, so as we move through this, even our patients, so when we talk about the research being done and the changes being made, but our existing patients, can you talk a little bit about the support services available at Hospital for Special Care that you provide through um, the ALS? I mean, the ALS Association pays for a lot and supports people. Can you explain that a little bit? We're affiliated with both the ALS Association and Muscular Dystrophy Association for running a multidisciplinary clinic for patients with ALS and other neuromuscular diseases. It's fairly unique. It's the only uh, multidisciplinary clinic for ALS patients in the state, one of the largest in New England. It's very, very uh, time-consuming. It's very, uh, uh, very difficult somehow to uh, many times to keep the funding going. But the hospital has been very keen on helping us, working with our uh, helpful organizations like MDA and ALSA, to have upwards of eight people at each each clinic visit for patients. So when our patients come in, Tony, they see not only the doctor but the nurse, physical therapist, occupational therapist, speech therapist, dietitian, respiratory therapist and social worker and they spend a couple hours with some very knowledgeable people that only that not only treat them and provide rehabilitative care for them but also help them navigate this very difficult medical system we have as you know Tony the insurance system <laughs> home care finding met durable medical equipment helping patients with breathing problems it's a real big issue and our team is there to help patients we're right on the front line for them uh, Kevin, I, I just, uh, first of all, I want to thank you uh, for everything you do and, and for spending time with us today. I know you're busy out here with patients and supporters um, for this wonderful golf tournament. And, and thank you for everything you do. And thanks for always spending time to be on the air with us. Thanks for coming, Tony. Thanks for giving us a forum to tell what we do. And I appreciate it. Thanks. I want to thank all of my guests today for taking time out of their day uh, to uh, join us and, and sit for these interviews that We've all found to be um, very helpful and always enlightening when dealing with a severe problem like ALS, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, and to really let everybody here and all our listeners to know what's available. Many thanks also to our studio producer, Mike Olko. Jeff Chandler is in charge of sales and marketing for Healthy Rounds. 
Next week on our program, we're going to continue this discussion of talking about ALS and amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. I had an opportunity to meet with Dr. Mark Bromberg at the American Academy of Neurology meeting, and he is one of the foremost researchers in the field of ALS from the University of Utah. So we're going to be chatting with him. Also, don't forget to download the Healthy Rounds podcast. It's free, and you can get that on iTunes. Next up on WTIC is Garden Talk with Len. Please remember to help save lives. You can do that today by becoming an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Just go to registerme.org. Until next week, please stay healthy. This has been Healthy Rounds with Dr. Anthony Alessi. Sponsored by St. Francis Hospital and Medical Center, Ratchford Eye Center, MD Advantage, UConn Health Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, and the Connecticut State Medical Society. Be sure to tune in next Saturday morning at 11 for more Healthy Rounds on WTIC News Talk 1080 and WTIC.com.